You are listening to Jesus is Better, a podcast series presented by Church on Mill, where we discover in a momentary trial the eternal truth that Jesus is better. Hi, everyone. Welcome. No. (laughs) These should back it in. What? These should make it in. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Jesus is Better, the podcast. My name is Chuck Newkirk. <laughs> my voice got a wee bit higher. <laughs> no, my name is Gracie, and I work with Chuck at the church today. And today we're flipping the questions on Chuck. Uh-huh. How do you feel about that, Chuck? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, great. So today we're talking about a really topic (laughs) a really topic today we're talking about a topic that's important to every single christian um people who say that they believe who god is um and it's important to non-christians too um Mm. everyone in the world (laughs) (laughs) so this is why is it difficult to read and understand the bible awesome great topic and do you have an answer (laughs) Well, you're just not greasing the wheels at all here. Just going right for it. If you can answer it quickly, we'll be done in three minutes. Okay. Um, There are probably a lot of answers to that, but maybe the most kind of foundational issue that we'd want to say right from the get-go is just what the nature of the Bible is. I mean, we're talking about a collection of documents that God wrote through people And so it's a divine communication to humanity. And it's designed to be then to trigger prayer. So prayer is a continuing conversation that God started in the Word. But there's not another book that is inspired as to to, to read it is to hear from God authoritatively. Mm. And so the nature of what the Bible is makes it different than anything else we read, which makes it hard and complicated is a uh, a god we don't see we don't touch uh we don't tactilely uh feel is talking to us and uh we sit and open the book quietly and read and it's him speaking and so that's weird and that makes the nature of the communication hard yeah so you're saying that this is not something that we were taught how to do at any point in our lives in a normal setting unless we had people in our lives specifically teaching us how to, t- how to read the Bible, the skills aren't necessarily just there. Right, exactly. That's helpful. So what do you think that um, if you could just like glaze over some big issues that people have, what do you think some of the main things people would say would be about why they have a hard time reading the Bible? Yeah, so maybe if we press beyond the, the complex nature of what the Bible is, mm-hmm. and we get down into, you know, some specific things, um, maybe the first big one, Gracie, we could think about together is that the, the Bible challenges us. It challenges us really on two fronts. Um, one, it challenges us on our beliefs. Hmm. So we don't, we don't come to the Bible as clean slates. We come with a whole system of beliefs and thoughts and convictions and uh, what we hold to be most dear and true. Hmm. And so the Bible will um, challenge those. And that makes reading the Bible difficult. 
because if I'm actually reading it, it's reading me and yeah. it's correcting me and it's challenging my beliefs and telling me I'm wrong. And um, most of us don't like to be told we're wrong. Hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, it's secondly, it also challenges us in that it reveals our character to us. We mm -hmm. might say it's like a mirror. Mm -hmm. So when you wake up in the morning, I don't mean you, of course, but when I wake <laughs> up in the morning, <laughs> somebody, when somebody wakes up in the morning and looks in the mirror, they're probably not thrilled with what they see right off the bat. And the Bible has a way of doing that to us. Mm -hmm. It exposes what we actually are. Mm -hmm. So I think um, maybe the biggest challenge to a regular habit of Bible reading is that when it actually is working like it's supposed to, then it challenges us both on our beliefs and in our character. Mm. And we're used to reading things that we really get to decide do I feel like this person is right about this? Do I feel like mm. I agree with them? Yeah. And it's very reactionary um, versus um, the Bible telling about us. Um, well, I, I think you're off on this. Mm. You're not right. knowing who I am as right. God right. in your life right now. Yeah. And I don't say that with any um, pejorative sense. It's mm -hmm. a wonderful thing. It's mm -hmm. a gift from God to be given clear communication about who he is and what he's done and what our need is. Th those are wonderful things, but it's, um, um, if, if, a, if a rough piece of wood could talk, it would say that sandpaper hurts. Mm. And so that's what the Bible's doing is it's smoothing out our beliefs and it's smoothing out our character. And that hurts. It does. So uh, that is like one big bucket. Is there another big bucket you sure. would say? Yeah, there's probably several. Um, maybe a second uh, bucket we could look at is um, issues around just the skill mm -hmm. of reading the Bible. Um, for some reason, people tend to think, um, well, when I open the Bible, it's like the heavens are parting and God himself appears and I hear an audible voice or I'm not doing it right. Mm -hmm. And I think what comes with that is like this sense of, well, everything I would normally do when I read a book, I'm not supposed to do anymore. Hmm. So I don't like look for... Um, key sentences, or I don't pay attention to what genre I'm in, or um, I don't look at what's at the start of a chapter and at the end of a chapter. Yeah. I don't like use my brain. Instead, I turn it off because I'm turning on my spirit. And mm -hmm. I'm just supposed to feel it. Mm -hmm. I don't know where all that stuff comes from. It's total garbage. You're supposed to read the Bible um, with the same skills that you read anything. Hmm. Because how else would God talk to us? He's got to talk to us in terms we understand. So he uses language. And that language is to be studied just like we'd study anything else. But what if we hate language yeah. and studying it? Understood. What about our friends who do not spend most of their time reading and studying yep. and don't really want to? Yep. Which is the majority of people. Mm -hmm. um, that is, uh, well, you know, I, a few weeks ago I said, uh, to a group of people, if I wasn't a Christian, I would never read a book. Mm -hmm. And they looked at me like I was absolutely crazy because they've sat here in this room in the study and seen how many books I have. But yeah, I don't, um, there's lots of us that don't gravitate toward reading naturally mm -hmm. as the most fun thing, mm -hmm. you know, curling up with a book and hot cocoa 
um, is some people's idea of fun, but there's a whole lot of people that doesn't fit. So they don't read anything, let alone their Bibles. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that means those skills are rusty. If you're not using them on other kinds of documents, that's going to make reading the Bible hard. For sure. Okay, so soaring over California, like the ride at Disneyland. We're just taking a big overview real quick before we dive into some solutions to these different mm. problems we face yeah. in our Bible reading. Um, what about the idea that I can think all day at work, like, I'm going to go home and read my Bible. Mm -hmm. And then I get home and... It is literally the hardest thing in the world to sit and read my Bible. I would do anything before yep. I would do that. What's going on there? Yeah. Um, maybe we could expand that mm -hmm. to say, um, I mean, the kinds of things I experience and then interact with people about are um, why when I pick up the Bible to read it, am I distracted unlike any other thing that I might do? Mm. Um why can I only think about the list of things I need to do or the person I need to call mm -hmm. or the conversation I had today that was offensive mm -hmm. um, or the way I got left out of XYZ thing mm -hmm. or um, the person somebody looked at in a lustful way mm -hmm. that that's all they can think of. Why does that happen? Mm -hmm. Well, it happens because uh, we have a real uh, enemy We've been talking in Daniel uh, on Sunday mornings about how there's a there's two stages uh, on the the globe mm -hmm. on the on the cosmic world. There's the stage of what's happening in the heavenlies, and there's the stage of what's happening on Earth, and both interact with each other. So, mm -hmm. I think there's opposition in the spiritual realm to us listening to God, mm -hmm. because um, Jesus said one of the ways we'll be known um, is that we are people who hear his voice mm -hmm. and we obey him, we follow him. Mm -hmm. So if we can be prevented from hearing God's voice, then of course we'll be prevented from uh, belief and God glorifying lives. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the front lines of the battle between the uh, spiritual forces of darkness in the heavenly places. Mm -hmm. And the way we think of the devil is not at all helpful because we imagine a big, scary, mean, pitchfork, sun devil looking uh, creature uh, that looks really, really, really scary. And recent commercials have not helped. Yeah. And that's not how the Bible describes him. Uh, Lucifer is described as um, an angel. Uh, he was an angel of light hmm. and um, maybe more beautiful than all the rest. So I think what we ought to look for are... Um, if I can distract you with things that seem okay or normal, that's going to be a lot more effective than if I distract you with things that seem otherworldly. Mm. So I think the, the devil works overtime mm -hmm. and his minions to keep us out of the scriptures. Yeah. So you're saying like if I could somehow be an audience member to what's happening in your life, mm -hmm. I would see you on one stage like playing out yep. your day yep. and then on top of that or in addition to that um however you would describe that reality there's a second stage where spiritual forces are at work exactly um angels uh in ways we just don't understand completely right okay yep, yep. 
and I don't mean that you see or feel any of that, mm -hmm. but I think that's what drives the distraction okay. and the uh, temptation and the pull. Um, because you might open another book um, and feel some measure of that, but I, I think it's just objectively true hmm. that Christians are more distracted in reading their Bibles than anything else. Okay. So finally, we have the, the, the real enemy, who's the physical enemy. Uh -huh. What about the fact that a lot of people just think they don't have time? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've, we've listed that last in our categories here mm -hmm. um, as we took a few notes before we started. Um, because it matters and it's important, but it's not the main issue. Hmm. So... Um, I think if we address the the other issues first, then we'll find that the time factor isn't as big a deal. Right. But it feels like the big one. It does. So, um, and, you know, um, we are massively distracted. Mm -hmm. And so we feel probably busier than any time people have lived on planet Earth. Mm. And yet... Uh, I don't think it's objectively true that we are busier. I think it just feels like we are because we're constantly distracted and pulled and pushed in so many directions. So maybe it's kind of like a symptom of yeah, some of yeah, these yeah, other yeah. things. That's well said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it is a factor, definitely. I mean, mm -hmm. um, a uh, a mom of a newborn has a time problem when it comes to her Bible. Definitely. That's just true. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I can remember when Joe was little. <laughs> when, that would be creepy. <laughs> I can remember when uh, Jill and I had little kids that the idea of her having a moment to herself, you know, enough time to read a page, that just doesn't really exist for a while for a mom unless um, husband and other folks help make it happen. But for the majority of us, um, we can find we can make 15 minutes in a day. Mm -hmm. So in the second part of this podcast, let's hop into those categories a little bit more. Okay. What do we do about uh, the fact that a lot of times when we open the Bible, it does make us angry or mm. it makes us doubt or it is something we don't want to look at because it makes us realize all the things we're doing wrong mm -hmm. or it's not doing what we want it to do because we want to change yeah. and it's, it's not doing it fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. What do we do? Yeah, those are great things to think about. Um, perhaps the most helpful category we could give each other is um, that we tend to think of time in the scriptures as a solo sport and it doesn't have to be. Um, so who could you read the Bible with, hmm. with some degree of regularity? Mm -hmm. um, it's not everybody's favorite thing, but we're used to Zoom now. Who could you Zoom with um, if you can't find the time to get together with them? Mm -hmm. um, so that would be one suggestion I would have is if your Bible reading isn't happening, then maybe a good way to get off the ground with it would be to do it with somebody. Mm -hmm. Pick a pick a pick a Bible reading plan. There's several out there, and or pick a book that you have an interest in, mm -hmm. and find somebody else. And if you can't find them, call the church office. We'll help you figure out somebody to do that with. Mm -hmm. And 
just say uh, we're going to read a, a chapter a day, five days a week. Mm-hmm. That way you give yourself two days to have off days. And then pick one of those days to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And then you can trade texts and say, did you do it? Um, and what's a question you had? Or, you know, it can be a dialogue. For sure. Part of why this feels hard is um, God's speaking to us, but we don't hear him audibly. And in the early days of interacting with the Lord, it doesn't really feel conversational. Right. Um, so I don't hear God's voice now, but I feel like by his grace, because of so many years of this, that there's a sense in which what he's revealed about himself, I know him pretty well. Hmm. But gosh, it's I'm 44 and I would just say that in the last few years. Hmm. And it takes a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I, I guess, Gracie, one thing I would just say is start start with interacting with other people. Mm-hmm. Don't just do it by yourself. And maybe beyond that, if we think about some other solutions to this first category. Um, w- when we stand in front of the microwave, we expect one thing. When we stand in front of the crock pot, well, who does that, by the way? <laughs> Nobody stands in front of the crock pot. <laughs> because you know it's going to take a long time to cook. Mm-hmm. So... Our beliefs being corrected and our character being reformed takes a long time. Hmm. These are crockpot activities, not microwave activities. Hmm. So um, if you start uh, in the morning a big piece of meat in the uh, crockpot and you're going to have it for dinner, well, if you go in the other room and take your shower and come back and look at it, it's not going to look any different. Mm -hmm. Um, So it takes time. So we just got to adjust our expectations mm. that the, the, the word of God is making changes within us that take a long, long, long time. Mm. But anything worth doing takes time. So is it okay if I feel bored or upset while I read it? I would say you will inevitably at times feel those things mm. inescapably. Mm. So yeah, it's totally fine. Isn't that freeing? I feel like it that's is. freeing. <laughs> and, you know, if if I don't ever feel challenged, then I'm reading myself on top of the Bible. So it should be normal that I feel uh, challenged, frustrated, irritated, um, confused, mm-hmm. uh, confronted. These are all, these are the normative verbs for our experience when we read the scriptures. Would you say the same thing to 60 or 70 year olds listening that even they would feel confronted by the word or does it go away? I don't think it ever goes away. I think it becomes less frequent. Mm. You know, usually um, early on in our Christian life, we're being challenged on behaviors. Mm -hmm. And later on in our Christian life, we're being challenged on attitudes. Huh. so in the one, we're being told to quit doing things. The other, we're being told to start doing them. Put off and put on. I've heard that somewhere. Maybe the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's helpful. Um, okay, so let's talk about skill. Okay. Um, with You said that some of these skills are the things that we need to read any book. Mm-hmm. Um. How can we grow in those skills without being someone who particularly enjoys academics or things like that? How would you start to grow in your ability to read the Bible? Yeah, that's great. Um, when you when you pick up a Bible to read it, pray. 
Right. So hmm. if this is fundamentally a spiritual activity and a spiritual book, then we need to use spiritual means. So God, help me. Mm-hmm. God, you have filled me with your spirit. Now teach me. Mm. Um, God, cause me to see things that I don't want to see. Mm. Um, God, come to my aid and protect me. Um, I think these are all things to pray as you open the Bible to read. And mm. then after that, have a piece of paper and a pencil um, and take notes uh-huh. on what questions do you have? What thoughts get provoked? What does this text tell me about God? What does it tell me about myself? Mm-hmm. What do I not understand here? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, interact with what you have. And it's just a lot easier to do that when you're writing than it is just reading. Yeah, so you're saying it's super normal for me to read a paragraph and just be like, huh, I still don't know what that means. Let me try to work it out. Work it out. Yep, yep. Um, much of much of good Bible reading is just asking good questions. Hmm. So interrogate the passage. Huh. Um, pretend it's your kid who's come home from school day. <laughs> <laughs> and just ask it, ask questions of it. And it causes you to read it differently. So um, some good questions to start with are, um, what does this tell me about God? Mm-hmm. What does it tell me about what Christ has done for me? Okay. Um, what does it tell me about me? Uh, is there a sin to confess? Mm-hmm. Is there a promise to cling to? Mm-hmm. Is there a hope to rejoice in? Mm-hmm. Just ask yourself those kind of questions and come up with your own list. Mm-hmm. That'll get you well down the road of uh, getting started in the right um, framework for how to read the Bible. For sure. That's, that's really helpful. So we don't have to start with um, big fancy words. Of, oh, gosh, no. Like... Uh, I, I don't even know <laughs> but like all the grammar and syntax and all of that we don't have to know the details of that to start asking good questions no, of the text no okay it's an approach mm-hmm. the, the 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 skill of reading the bible is coming at it uh, with uh, open hands mm. open heart mm. ready spirit and then uh, interacting yeah and I think that's what makes the question so helpful um mm. I had great mentors when I was young who helped me learn how to do that. None of it was intuitive to me. Yeah. Um, it is more to some other people. And I, I had cheated my way through school, so I didn't know any... Um, I could not, in my latter years of high school, which is when I began really reading the Bible, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you what an adjective in a sentence was. Uh-huh. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what an adverb was. I couldn't find a participle if my life depended on it. Um, I didn't have any clue what genre was. Mm. Uh, I had not ever read a full book, I don't think. I just pretended I did. Mm. Um, but people kept telling me, people I trusted, that this book is not like any other book. Mm. And um, beat it until it pours forth its treasures. And questions give you a way to get at that. So it's a, it's a supernatural book. It is. So if you've never ever been able to read a natural book in your life god is still going to use the bible in your life right okay that it's helpful to know so you uh seem like the least likely person to ever uh be able to 
have this room full of books that we're in. And That's God, not nice. Eh, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, you're exactly true. right. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. No. Um, so, but we're sitting with, I don't, you guys can't see it, but it's like thousands and thousands of books around us. They're about the Bible. Um, but you, you, that, all of that started by having the word of God mm-hmm. transform your life. Yep. Because it's not, it's not just words right. on a page. Right. It's the words that God has spoken. Yep. And, and still speaks every time we open speaks. it and read it. Yeah. It's the living word. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Um, so that opposition then, um, I, th- I feel like some of the things that, uh, even we were just talking about are, could be the effect of an enemy working in our mm-hmm. lives, mm-hmm. trying to make us believe that yep. we're not smart enough yep. or good enough. Yep. Um, if we didn't graduate high school, then you could bet he's going to use that right. to make us think we can't read the Bible, right? Right. right. Or so, if you got some big fancy award, then you um, are fully capable of doing it without God's help. Right, right. Yeah. Which is not true at all. Um, and so how do we meet this opposition well? Yeah. Well, let's go back to that idea of prayer. When you first hold the Bible in your hand before you even open it, pray. Mm-hmm then you, you would do well to pray, um, God, I will inevitably, probably, most likely, whatever, whatever uh, <laughs> way you want to put that, I, will, I, I might meet some measure of opposition that could be um, what I had for breakfast. <laughs> it could be the fact that I haven't slowed down at all. So my body, it's just jarring to it mm. to stop. Um, so I, I'm not saying there's a demon under every distraction. Right. However, um, if you pay attention, there'll probably be ways of struggle that are unique to, I think they only happen in Bible reading and in gathered worship. Um, why is it that I can sing three verses and I, then I realize I have no idea what I just sung. Mm. There's spiritual forces at work here. So Mm -hmm. I think the main thing we do is we pray. We ask God for okay. protection. Mm-hmm. We ask him to um, minimize distractions. Mm-hmm. We, we just ask for help. Mm-hmm. And um, then there are practical solutions of things you can do. Like if I, if I have trouble with distraction, then it may be best that I don't do my Bible reading in Starbucks. Mm. Um, if I have a burning desire to watch sports instead of the Bible, then I probably shouldn't have ESPN on. Mm -hmm. If um, I am a night person in the way that God made me, then I probably don't need to try to read my Bible in the morning. Mm -hmm. So just use some common sense. Common sense. And probably things like keeping your phone in the other room. Yep. That would be a big one. Yep, totally. Mm -hmm. Keep a, a notepad to write down things that come to mind you need to do. So you can just set it aside then. So, you know, learning little strategies like that Mm -hmm. and not expecting, oh, if I just pray that that's the magic pill that fixes all my distractions. Right. So use common sense. Hmm. Like God has to tell us so many times to to be people of the word and how important his word is. Mm -hmm. Psalm 119 and a billion other places in the Bible. Yeah. Um, And he wouldn't keep telling us. To that if we didn't have a tendency to stray away from sure. that. So yep. he knows our struggle yep. and he's not wagging his finger at us. He actually wants us to turn to him every single time we have those distractions, <laughs> whether it is hunger and thank you God for this food or 
there's more sinister forces at work here. Right. And I'm having sinful thoughts. Right. Um, we don't have to be ashamed mm -hmm. when those things happen when mm -hmm. we try to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, there is a sense in which this stuff always is a challenge. Mm -hmm. But it's acutely prominent in the beginning. Mm. So if I've never actually developed a rhythm of consistent Bible reading, then the battle's most intense then. Which makes sense because if we can be kept from ever developing it in the first place, mm -hmm. then then that will really truncate our growth. Yeah. So if you're in the early days of this listening, and this is really specifically a challenge for you, then um, don't be embarrassed about that, ashamed about that. It doesn't mean you're not a serious Christian. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you don't really want to take this um, life of faith and grow up in it. Mm. Uh, it means you're in a battle and um, nobody goes to war alone. So get help. Invite others into it with you. And the end of that battle is promised. Uh, mm. Or some maybe some would say the battle is the daily thing, which I guess then it's not promised. But the end of this whole opposition is promised. Jesus right. has already defeated Satan. That's right. So we don't need to fear that Satan will win in our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. We, we will not be ashamed yeah. of the gospel. Yeah. It will do its work in yeah. our lives. Yeah. Amen. So you talked about establishing that rhythm. Um, how, how can we go about starting to do that with our time, which we talked about earlier, time's a difficult mm -hmm. topic. Yep. We feel like we don't have time. How can we structure our rhythms to begin to allow for time in the Word? Yeah. Um, well, um, it might be beneficial uh, for many listeners to consider making an appointment with God hmm. and to set a time and in the same spot at the same time uh, as many days a week as you can make it happen uh -huh. and just like you wouldn't ditch a friend don't ditch god huh. <laughs> set an appointment yeah and then meet with him mm -hmm. and um, if the patterns of your life are such you've got a little kid or you're at a moment in which work is just absolutely consuming um there are certainly moments or times or seasons where it's more difficult than others. Mm. But probably a lot of us would benefit from just m increasing the intentionality and scheduling an, a, an appointment. Mm. Um, I, you see my calendar, so you know what my schedule's like. I, I do. <laughs> I make, I sometimes, when I got something I know I need to get done, but it's, it's, um, it's important, but it's not urgent, mm -hmm. then I'll just schedule an appointment for it even if it's just me and the computer. Yep. So there's no reason why we can't treat the Bible that way. He had Wash Carr on his calendar <laughs> <laughs> this week. <laughs> yep. And that has never been on my calendar. Mm. And therefore, I have never... No, I've, I've once washed my car. <laughs> so you, you mentioned earlier that we could start a plan with a friend where we're reading through the Bible uh -huh, in like a year uh -huh, or uh -huh. a few years. Yep or certain book when, when we set that appointment like how how long is it like yeah, what sure what am i reading how do i choose yeah. like how do i even begin it yeah. seems like kind of big mm. you yep. know yep um well take a deep breath and uh you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself to do it exactly right mm. the biggest battle is just getting in it okay so 
get a Bible that you'll use consistently. I so encourage people not to use electronic stuff. Okay. So open a physical Bible, a mm. little bit of something to write on, got an appointment, and then have some kind of plan. Yeah. Um, so uh, the like flip open a thing and read it and the spirit's going to oh, guide me to a particular passage. Don't do that. Um, pick... I would like to record Chuck's voice and play that every time <laughs> I read the Bible. Pick, uh, pick, a, pick a plan that you're going to follow. So that might be, I'm going to read an Old Testament book, then a New Testament book. Mm. That might be, I'm going to do a chronological Bible because mm-hmm. I'm confused because the Bible's not written chronologically. Right, right. It might be, um, I'm going to do the Tim Chester plan that we've pushed several times as a church. That's mm-hmm. um, through the Bible in three years. Mm-hmm. It might be, you'll do the McShane plan that Gospel Coalition has been pushing. That's through the New Testament twice and the Old Testament once in a year. Now, mm-hmm. that's really rigorous. Really you got to do four chapters a day. But there's a lots and lots and lots of Bible reading plans out mm-hmm. there. So find one that seems to fit the pace you want to give. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, I think if people have never done this, it's better to go with a slower pace mm-hmm. than a faster one. Mm-hmm. And then just get after it. Start mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, if you miss a day or two or a week or ten days... Don't stress. Just start back where you were. Mm. And um, over time, you find the meal that the cock- crock pot made is wonderful. Mm. So it's really great and you like mm. eating it. Mm. But you, 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 you're not going to stand there hurried. Mm. It takes time. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, remember when you were first teaching me all of this so a, f- a few years ago now. Um, and... I I just felt like someone else saying to me like this is it is a crock pot and it will bear fruit <laughs> um, was so essential so we really do believe that for each of you who's yeah. listening um, that God will do His work in your life every minute that you open the Bible um, will bear fruit even if they feel awful sometimes right right and it's not <laughs> as though um, I mean we we shy away from the word discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, that's what the scriptures tell us that we need. We need spiritual discipline. Mm. So no one goes out today and decides, I'm going to run a marathon, mm-hmm. and then can do it successfully. No. Uh, so somebody committed to that level of physical training uh, and fitness m- builds their life around the fact they want to do that. And so what they eat, how much they sleep, how much they drink, what kind of shoes they wear... Um, how much they can run it, it they, they live disciplined lives mm-hmm. and um, Paul says uh, physical discipline uh, it's it's a it's a little important mm-hmm. but spiritual discipline is important in all things mm-hmm. because it prepares us not only for this world but the next yeah so um, yeah don't don't feel like if I don't want to do it then that means I shouldn't mm. Um, or if it's hard, then I'm doing it wrong. Mm. Or if I'm not telling, uh, if I can't list to you at lunch what I read at breakfast, then something's wrong with me. Or if um, I don't feel like I get warm fuzzies very often. Mm. Uh, these are all normal things. Mm. That's really helpful. So we some of the tools we talked about were finding someone to read with. Yep. At least sometimes, yes. and then getting to talk it through with other people. Exactly. Sometimes as well. Yep. 
Those are good, like, anchors for your Bible reading. And at least in the weeks where it's really, really rough, they keep you going at least a little bit. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and we talked about a huge amount about prayer mm. before you sit down and read the Word. Yep. And then we talked about having a Bible open, a real physical Bible, something to write on, and the distractions gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that's all you really need. Mm-hmm. Now, past that, obviously that, that is all enough. Um, are there any resources for someone who uh, would really like to just take one more step forward um, in their Bible reading discipline and learn a little bit more, a little bit deeper. What resources do you think you would recommend to them? Um, I would suggest if you're in a church like Church on Mill, Mm -hmm. where most sermons are what's called expositional. Mm -hmm. So they are uh, going sequentially through books in the Bible. Okay. And they're seeking to say the point of the passage is going to be the point of the sermon. Mm. A great thing you can do in the early days of this, and it doesn't have to stay this way, but in the beginning, when you're just learning how to read your Bible, read the text that's going to be preached on the week before it's huh. preached. And then you'll hear it treated. And it won't feel like, oh, I'm dealing with six different things. It'll be the one thing. Okay. So I would start there. That's mm-hmm. uh, So the resource then that you're getting exposed to is the sermon. Okay. And then you're going to get it reinforced if you are part of a small group, a gospel community. Mm-hmm. So that can be helpful. Um, I know certainly in the beginning I felt like I'm hearing so many different things. I have no idea how these go together. And For sure. it's super confusing. I express that to you a lot yeah. through the years. So that that's that's a unconventional resource that everybody's got right in front of them. Definitely. Maybe beyond that, I would suggest just get a good study, study Bible. Mm-hmm. So you don't need, you know, uh, 15, 20 books. Yeah. Um, just start with a good study Bible. Okay. So um, we preach from the ESV, English mm-hmm. Standard Version. So um, I would suggest the ESV study Bible is mm-hmm. excellent. Mm-hmm. Um when I was younger, I read a lot of the NIV mm-hmm. or New Living Translation, mm-hmm. those two, and they both have life application study Bibles. Mm. So these are great because they ask good questions. Um, they give an introduction that's a page to uh-huh. each book of the Bible. They tell us what, are, who wrote it, yeah. when did they write it, what were they trying to address, what's uh-huh. the big idea in the book, those kind of things. Great. So that's... that's um, that gives us not a fire hose, but a spoon, mm. which is super helpful. Absolutely. And if you're, this one's kind of a little bit off topic, so you can shut it down. But um, if you're feeling a lot like um, just the the forces are against you mm. to try to, to read the Bible, um, I would recommend actually trying to read the Screw Tape Letters. Huh. It's a book by C.S. Lewis, and I think it's really motivating to help us understand this second stage yeah it's obviously it's fiction just to be really clear we don't know what um what the world of spiritual forces looks like however it opens your eyes to see that these things that sound really good and beautiful but that are actually sabotage exist so if you're a fiction reader um or if you're just feeling particularly like um being a christian is a is it slog Mm -hmm. is that the word is a slog right now i think that could be a good book for someone to pick up good point i would agree yeah so so? yeah so that story is about a uh a a trained um effective demon training another one Mm -hmm. um bringing up someone younger at their job so yeah it's it's excellent good idea yeah 
Well, um, I'm glad you think so. I'm not leading everyone astray. Um, and then one other book you gave me when I was starting to read the Bible was How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. Okay. That one really helped me. Yep. So I don't think it's like a need, but it could be a want. Yeah. I feel like you yeah. guys might enjoy it. It's written by Fee and Stewart. And what that book does is it says um, the Bible is really a library. Mm-hmm. And if you go to a library, there's different sections, mm. different kinds of literature. And um, I go to the fiction rack because I'm looking for fiction. There's no fiction in the Bible. But um, I go to the um, Gospels rack because I want to learn about Jesus's life on earth. Mm-hmm. I go to the poetry section because I want to get in touch with my innermost turmoils. <laughs> Most uh, days for me. <laughs> yeah, I go I go to the letters because I want to know what does God say specifically to churches. I go to Old Testament history because I don't know what in the world happened with the Jews. Mm. So different kinds of writing cover different time periods and they write in different ways. Mm. And that book in a single volume will say um, here's what end times literature, how it works. Here's how Psalms work. Here's what a parable is. Mm-hmm. Here's how the letters work. And even today, um, I mean, I spend for my job because our church is so gracious in their giving. I spend 25, 30 hours a week with open Bible preparing for things. Um, just in addition to what I do personally. Mm-hmm. And, um, when we go from genre to another genre on Sunday mornings, I always go to that book and read the chapter again. It's that hopeful. It helps it be so much less disorienting. Yeah, totally. Mm. Well, Pastor Chuck, the real Pastor Chuck, thank you for um, helping us to learn why it's difficult to read and understand the Bible. If we wanted to learn the theological terms for um, some of these topics, what would (laughs) they be? We have been dealing with uh, questions of what's called hermeneutics, Mm -hmm. which is um, how to study the Bible. Mm -hmm. What are the the tools and skills you need? Um, So that's been the main thing we've been talking about. Great. So if you want a $50 word for your next party, that's what it would be. Hermeneutics. 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 (laughs) All right. Well, do you have any final words for us? Church, we love you. We thank God for you. We're excited that God's given us his word. Um, and so many of you are faithful in this. And that's a, a tremendous blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, um, it's a wonderful thing to think about and to talk about. And let's lift our eyes up beyond just our own struggle with this and look around to others. Mm. And the, the thing they need most is not for me to tell them what I think about something, mm. but for me to help them find out what God says. Mm. So don't don't be myopic. Um, mm. The struggle you have with this is the same struggle everybody else has. So let's help each other um, come to know God more by opening his word and listening together. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jesus is Better. For more info, visit us at www.churchonmill.org. That's churchonmill.org.